I, I don't know. I do feel this like s- slightly strange um, guilt around like being in nine and 11 year olds homes yeah, and like yeah. becoming like I, I don't know. I just I also remember as a kid like looking up to like Miley Cyrus and then when like those pictures of her in the bikinis came out and I'd be mm. like Miley no. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban. And our guest today is Austin Williams. Oof. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited for all of them. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, man, this is all so cool. Uh, but Austin, I'm very excited for this one. Uh, we did Improv 101 together. Oh. So that's one of those with Joe Hertzler. Joe, if you're listening, we miss you. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how are you doing today, Nikki? Pretty good. Uh, excited. This is, you know, our last episode of the year. Woo, woo. It woo. is our last episode of the year. Um, I just downloaded our Spotify wrapped for our podcast. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 29 episodes this year. Wow. Well, and then, so that was, so we'll be at 31 episodes this year. <gasps> oh, my goodness. 31 episodes in a year. Well, that's like 40 hours of interviews that we did this year. That's amazing. Plus, maybe. You know what I mean? That's so cool. That's wild. And it's all been so, so wonderful and beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. Like, I feel like I've done less this year uh, towards, you know, like acting and all of that. Less uh, quantity and more quality. And I really feel like doing this podcast has has helped with that of like... having just more quality in what I'm doing um, because I'm constantly being inspired by all the stories and the differences between of our, our guests and where they are coming from and what they are striving for and their approach to it is all very different. And I feel like it's really honed in this idea. Your journey is your own journey mm-hmm. and that you have to respect who you are and stop trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. Um, stop trying to, you know, throw your eggs in all these different places mm-hmm. when, you know, you you can do the things that you're good at. Do totally. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Like you said, like everybody's the advice question that we ask, I love because you yeah. get so many different takes. Like yeah. you'll have one week somebody goes, do everything you can, meet everyone you can, be out there as much as you can. Yeah. And then you'll have somebody that's like, save your energy, fuck other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like focus on yourself and like really dedicate yourself to the things that you want to do, like just the things that you want to do. Yeah. And both are valid yes. because both have worked for the people in those situations. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it really is just like, I think the main takeaway for me is like, figure out what the fuck works for you and yes. do that. How do you feel? I feel honestly doing this podcast is Nikki, I'm gonna cry. It's like life changing. Oh. It really is. And I think about this all the time that asking, like volunteering to to edit and like produce this podcast for you was like 
really life-changing for me. It has resulted in me getting to do so many cool things, talk to so many cool people, and just learn so much about myself. You know, I've learned so much about myself over the past year. I'm feeling a little bit <laughs> Talk a bunch to yourself. Uh, but it's great. And thank you so much for being such an awesome host and co-host and just like an awesome person to work with. And I, I appreciate the fucking hell out of you, girl. <laughs> I appreciate the fucking hell out of you. You are really incredible. Like, you know, I, I feel so blessed and lucky, uh, you know, not only to have, you know, for your friendship, but you know, your, your expertise and your talent and, you know, you're, you're so wonderful. Like, oh my God, no, you, <laughs> no, you, you, Nikki, you, no, you, you, but you like bring such a, <laughs> us fighting, we're just beating each other up with the microphones. Uh, no, you're the fucking better one. You're the best. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's wonderful. This it's, is a great partnership. Yes. I really yeah. enjoy this. Oh man. I really hope we don't get into some huge fight. I don't think we will. A la Adam McKay. Yeah. No, Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> we well, shouldn't laugh at that that's i know sad. It's, it's a bummer it's hard when yeah when, when egos clash when millionaires fight with each other oh, nobody <laughs> wants to see best friend millionaires fight no it's fine no, i'll figure it out yeah. like i don't know jay-z and kanye figured it out if they can figure it out <laughs> fucking anybody can right <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, as soon as I saw Jay on Donda, I was like, all right, I guess, <laughs> I guess they're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's like the ultimate display of like, hey, we cool. Yes. Come, come be on my podcast on my or yeah. <laughs> be on my album. We cool. We're cool. Right? Yeah. Right? So we'll just wait right. for Adam McKay and Will Ferrell to just quietly be on the same podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, do you got any plans for the the break? Because we're going to have a couple weeks off. Yeah, not really. Um, how about you? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how the holidays are going to go. Um, I'm I'm hoping that I'll be working a little bit, which would be cool. Um, not like acting work, doing some some other work. Nothing major planned though. Yeah. Moving forward, other than you know cuffing season with my new boo <laughs> yeah. wait what's cuffing season you know that's uh it's when you um well i guess it's not really cuffing season for us since we were already cuffed but it's like oh that's that's the phrase for like the hot like the winter season when it gets colder and you end up in a relationship oh. with somebody because it's like snuggle city and you're like oh you want those like endorphins so you get like you know you're cuffed to somebody handcuffed oh. to somebody I've never heard that before. I'm, I think that's what that means. Oh, interesting. I also have never like, I've never had a seasonal, oh, you know what? I had a summer fling one time. Mm. Yeah, I did have like a relationship that lasted a season. Ah, you know, but I, yes. Otherwise, I was like, I think that's the only time that I ever had a relationship that lasted a season was like oh. a summer fling. Yeah. I think they also call it cuffing season because of the holidays. And if you get into the relationship like right before the holidays, then you're stuck with them through fucking Valentine's through Day. Through Valentine's dude. Day because yeah. you can't break up before you. Yeah, because that's mean. That's mean. It's cruel. <laughs> You know who I wish I could be cuffed to? Uh, Austin Williams. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know her from Studio C. She's an actress, comedian, writer, producer, jack of all trades. Austin, it is so cool to have you on. Uh, you're you're living our dream right now. You get to do sketch comedy and you get to be paid for it. Like how cool. And it's great. It's really, it's really fun. Oh my fun. gosh, guys. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that is the weird. We talk about this all the time, but that's the dream, right? Like being able to yes. do comedy and get paid for it. And yeah. like you're basically, that's like what you do. Yes. And, oh. and it's a combination. Like the show you do is a combination of like, for I don't know, to, to us, so that mix between like all that from when we were kids and like SNL now. And like, it's like that happy medium right there. And yeah. it seems so fun. It is. I, I mean, the show has been an absolute blast. And especially I feel like the family friendly um, frame around it has like, uh, made me a better writer and performer because mm. like suddenly I can't just like rely on the old tricks in the bag you know what I mean right, like right. you have to dig a little deeper and like it, it, it almost feels like um, I'm going to use a lot of sports analogies that I don't actually understand <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you know baseball players put like a weight on their bat and then oh. to like practice their swing so that when they're when they're up on the plate they take off the weight and then their yeah. swing is like stronger or something yeah, mm, yeah that's yeah, yeah. that's how it feels like coming back into la now like being able to take that weight off my bat and being like okay now let's see what i can like really throw yeah. down now yeah. that i can touch some like non-family friendly topics yeah. yeah yes yeah we were talking about that but before you uh before you came earlier um and like uh what, what uh, the the challenge i guess the challenge of doing clean comedy um like is it a challenge for you it really it wasn't it wasn't as much as i thought it was if okay it mm. was uh, i don't know it's it's actually fairly so i feel like the hardest part is just like finding uh different words to say instead of like like uh instead of saying like but yeah like butthead like what what's an what's an even cleaner way of saying butthead <laughs> yeah yeah what is a cleaner way of saying butthead oh, man what are some of the things i like shrimp nugget I, 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 <laughs> I just came up with that off the top of my head shrimp nugget okay yeah, yeah, oh I yeah. like that but, yeah, but yeah. you just have to like come up with your own your own bad words that then I guess inevitably get used by children which then turn them into bad words and then I guess this like process begins <laughs> sure. of like <laughs> but the parents don't know and that's the important I part. get yes yeah. that is the right. important part it's gonna take the parents a little while to catch on to shrimp nugget yeah <laughs> yeah were you uh before before getting cast on studio c was, was your comedy more uh r-rated or was it fairly like clean to begin with no I I I feel like it was like fairly clean to begin with like it wasn't really something I ever really focused on I guess yeah. like I was just I and and how I got it was I was putting up a show with my sketch team William Williams and then like it just so happened that um, a new showrunner was brought on to Studio C and that showrunner's assistant was a friend of mine and and my comedy partners at the time and he was like hey my my boss is looking for some sketch teams around LA like he he's trying to cast this show and I told him to come to your show so him and an EP from Utah he flew out and they and we essentially just like made a review show like it was supposed to be all new material but we ended up just being like well let's just put all of our best stuff up and we knew it had to be family friendly and we were like, oh, this isn't difficult. We The majority of our stuff in, in our packet is already family friendly. So it just oh. kind of 
it worked out in a really nice way. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. really, that's like uh, the ideal way of doing yes. it. Where you're know, like, right? oh, let me just create a bunch of material and then these people like it and bring it. Yes. yes. And it was like material that we had already tested a lot. I mean, I think we did like two or three sketches that we had never performed before, but we had like, we had like our staples in there. Because yeah. we were like, we also are trying, we're like, sorry, audience, we know that. All all of our friends have already seen these sketches, but we got to impress the two <laughs> the two white men in the back of the audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into like uh, how you got to be so funny and creative. Like, where where did you grow up? You grew up in Nashville, right? I grew up like 20, 20 minutes um, north of Nashville. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very cool. What was your What's your family sitch like? Uh, my family situation. So my mom actually was in the music industry in L.A. So my mom and her two sisters were in this like uh, country band together in L.A. They were like kind of popping off. Oh, was it like Reba McIntyre? No, just yeah, no. no. It, it, it was almost like the chicks. Like like oh, really? they considered the chicks their rival, but like. The chicks were a little higher. They were, like, kind of, like, stepping in their stones, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Um, but um, they they had this, like, country music band in L.A., and they were, like, playing all the bars and all the nightclubs, and they were, like, getting uh, write-ups from, like, the L.A. Times, and, like, it was, like, they were doing really oh, well, dang. and then at one point, they were in a Patrick Swayze movie as, oh like, the bar band. Is it Roadhouse? No, it's not <laughs> Roadhouse. It was um, it was a movie that was actually, like, never released in theaters because Patrick, like, did his own stunts and got injured on set. Oh, dang. But it was called Letters from a Killer. Okay. Mm. And um, and they're, like, the bar band in it. But I'm going to watch this. It's, a, it's I honestly have not seen the movie. I usually just fast forward to their scene, and I'm like, look, my mom. <laughs> but, um... But but my mom, that's actually a really interesting story because they were playing um they were playing a nightclub and and a producer came up to them and was like, hey, like, you're exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for a bar band for this new Patrick Swayze movie. Like, do you have like a kind of like jazzy, sensual song that's just, you know, like, um, but has like that kind of twang to him. And my mom and her sister was like, yes, of course we do. And they're like, great. Can you come by tomorrow afternoon? And she's like, absolutely. And then the next morning they woke up and they invited all of their songwriting friends over and they're like, we have to write a song right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that and and That's they awesome. did it and they wrote it and they um, brought the tape in and cause you know, it was cassettes at the time and yeah. the producers loved it. And like, it's just so funny. Just like fake it till you make it is yep. so true. Yeah. And like I feel like I've done this too where someone's like, Do you have a do you have a pilot? And I'm like, Yes. And then like I go home and I like have to like finish act two and three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I have a brilliant comedy pilot. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but but no, so so she understands like the industry in yeah. some sense, which is really nice. But then um they moved to Nashville when I was like five and um and then from there they were like signed to Capitol records for a hot second and then like just something happened and they got dropped and like i think it was like a change in leadership and um and then and then it, they would like do some tour bases but it just kind of like fiddled out from there and and she found a new passion and my parents are actually pastors in in nashville or like oh. north of nashville but yeah i, I grew up in goodlettsville tennessee oh. small town small little country town oh, with cows adorable. and horses and Cute. yes Do you ride horses i i did when i was a kid yeah. yeah yeah yep i was at a i would 
volunteer at a stable and like <laughs> and get discounts on the lessons. And, but was that pretty like normal around there? So yes. like horses. Yes, horses yeah. were very normal. <laughs> <laughs> horses were the base reality. <laughs> Uh, no, and then and then I really thought I wanted to go into like agriculture and like animal care. Oh, wow. and so I, I was in Future Farmers of America in high school. Hell yeah! My younger sister was a president. Shut up! Yeah, yeah. I was chaplain. Oh my, oh my god! god. <laughs> of course, of, of course. course, of course. Wait, what's the chap? What's the chaplain? Chaplain do? is just like essentially. I don't. I, my my only role was like I prayed before meals. Okay. Like yeah. it's and like they, there's still chaplains still exist like in like the police force mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's still a role that private I'm, schools that yes. aren't religion yes. religious in nature will still have a chaplain. Yes. Yeah. My my reference to chaplains is just from the book Catch Twenty Two and like oh yes 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 yes, yes, yes. but yeah. that's exactly it. It's like yeah. it was like the army priest right. right and so um and so i thought i wanted to do that and then i remember i um i was like in a show in high school that was like and i had a funny part and i was so mad because i wanted to be the hot girl in the in the mm-hmm. musical and so i got cast as the funny one and i was like oh, screw this <laughs> and then i just remember being on stage and getting laughs for the first time and being like oh my god <laughs> i mean like i like this um yeah and then from there it was just a slippery slope of uh, attention. <laughs> yeah. I relate to that so hard because, like, I always wanted to be like the leads and like Romeo and Juliet yes. first cast as the nurse, like yes. obviously. And you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, but I'm so Juliet, and they're like, no, you're the nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my biggest regret from like high school is that uh, there was like a, a one act that we did where um, the teacher told me like, oh, I want to cast you as the clown, the <gasps> literal clown that doesn't yeah. speak; it's just pantomime, mm-hmm. and but there was like another it was like a married couple and I so wanted to be she was casting like my crush as the lead and I just wanted to get to kiss him at the end of course and like I was like can I please be you know be be this character and he she was like okay but I regret that because I was like that was an opportunity to get to do something that I was actually like wanted to do yes and it's so funny how like mine was also male motivated yes where I was like (laughs) I was like well I definitely want to kiss this guy (laughs) and and he was like the cute guy who was like in musical but he was also like the captain of the soccer team and he was like he was kind of like my trait what's his name from high school musical Bolton uh I haven't seen high school music. Oh my gosh. Okay, whatever. Trey. No. no. Is it Zach Refron's character? Yes. Okay, okay. Oh I Troy. No Troy. Oh my god, that is such a that's that name is perfect. Yes. Yes. Troy. Yes. Okay, love it. Anyway, and yeah, so it was like I was also motivated by male <laughs> attention. <laughs> Uh, uh, it is funny though how a lot of parts written for women it's like either that it's like one or the other right it's like you can be you get it's like rom-coms you can be the romantic lead or you can be her weird quirky best friend I know man let's be the change that we want to see in the world and so okay so you got that you got that sweet sweet validation of being funny Mm -hmm. and then that was like yeah and then I went to and then I went into college and I kind of forgot about it and I was like very focused on um I, I I'm a very type a person and mm. so I was like planning my life already being like well you know a career in acting isn't isn't um feasible so I remember mm. just doing the theater program but in the back of my head constantly being like I'm gonna change my major 
And um, and so I had a I kept trying to change my major to an education major. But I luckily I mean, my parents, my mom who pursued her dreams was like, no, I don't think you should do that. And then my advisor was also like refusing to meet with me to change my major, which was like looking back on it, you know, I'm like, what a nice like gesture. Yeah. But also if it didn't work out for me, I probably would be really mad at him right now. <laughs> I know that was like your your advisor really was taking a risk. Yes. They were like, look. I think this person will make it. Yes. I could be fucking their life up entirely. Totally. But I think they're going to make it. Yeah. Or yeah. at least, like, try. And, like, I'm so appreciative of him. Um, but, yeah. And then in college, I remember I was being surrounded by, like, a bunch of super talented uh, – I had, like, an all-girls class. Like, it just happened to work out that way. I mean, I guess that's a theater program for you. It's going to be <laughs> mostly women anyway. But, um, but they were all, like, so gun-ho about it. They were, like, you know – acting is my life and if I don't do acting I can't do anything else that kind of like right. I remember being like oh boy I could probably see myself doing a lot of things ah. and so I never really felt like I fit in and then I got put on the um sketch team at my college and that was like a big deal like and mm. I remember during a show my first show it was like intermission and I remember just like sobbing backstage being like I understand now <laughs> I was like I get it to like not want to do anything else and like have to do this yeah and that was like a real um that was a real defining moment as my mom would say oh my gosh and that. now you that's literally what you're doing i know fucking awesome i know it's it really is like and when we met in 101 i remember this yes. you were still in college you I were was. out here for just a hot second to do like you were studying it was like a study abroad program for your college yes. in la right yes yeah yeah, yeah so Wait, my college i went to belmont university okay. in nashville so it was like mostly a music school but i was like one of the few people not doing music but yeah they had like a program where you could study either in los angeles or new york and it was mostly for the music students but i was like the first generation to be like well actually you know acting exists out there too and they're like okay we don't know how to completely do this but yeah go try it uh, and then i hmm. came out here and that's when i met katie was yeah. what, what was that 2014 2015 yeah 2015 i just moved here it was my first ucb class Crazy. yeah i Crazy. had also just moved here yes um yeah i don't even think i was 21 yet i i think no because we couldn't drink because i remember we were trying to figure out what we could all do as a yes, class because i was like the baby yeah and it Aww. was like oh well, well austin can't drink so we all gotta go to denny's i think we went yes. to like denny's i think we went to, i remember that denny's trip and i brought my boyfriend at the time who was like visiting yeah oh. i'm just gonna say this you were the best person in that class there was oh a lot of talented gosh. people in that class but you were absolutely the best person in that class and i was like i hope she doesn't think i'm bad that's all i could think was like i hope austin doesn't think that i'm bad at this oh <laughs> my gosh katie that is uh, well i also thought the exact same of you i no. was like yes oh i still remember that story you told about being robbed oh and like yeah you're yeah, an incredible story. storyteller thank you but also an incredible improviser too but like storytelling you, i feel like that i want to do more of that more stand-up more storytelling I, but i yeah, think about I that story that. at least once a week oh god thank you Whoa. i told that story to mom <gasps> what <laughs> yeah. oh my god Have you, you've heard this right no my mugging wait, story wait i don't, I don't think i've ever told you about this <gasps> i have oh my this gosh. crazy story about when i got mugged it was like nuts are we gonna put this um, as a bonus material with oh, with my queefing queefing for our patreon for our patreon yeah like sign up for the patreon you'll get this uh this queefing video worth $50 on my OnlyFans. Oh, no. oh, as, 
Also, is it okay? Uh, I don't know if this is gonna like. Do you have a responsibility to your show to be like, you know, like oh. a good, uh, like a good representation of like your cast and your show and like what you're trying to do? Like, do you have a responsibility to that? Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, te- te- technically, I do, and like, obviously, I also like. I, I don't know. I do feel this like s- s- slightly strange um, uh, guilt around like being in nine and 11 year olds homes yeah, and like yeah. becoming like I, I don't know I just I also remember as a kid like looking up to like Miley Cyrus and then when like those pictures of her in the bikinis came out and I'd be mm. like Miley no or, like, <laughs> <laughs> but but also like I I mean I, I don't know it is it yeah. is a weird like moral thing within me where I'm like well I remember how I felt, yeah. but also, but also, like it did make me a stronger person to be like, yes, people are allowed to have their outsized lives. Yes. Like they aren't who we see on TV. But yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and we weren't even allowed to like have like toilet jokes on the yeah. show, which is I, I did feel like I was like, guys, I feel like this isn't G anymore. I feel like this is like Y seven rating. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, anyway, oh, no, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think we're just trying to make sure that you're not getting bit, getting big yes. trouble for being on this podcast. Oh yes. no, I no. Okay, okay good. <laughs> <laughs> it's airing right now, but yes. you've already filmed every episode. Yes. Okay. We filmed two seasons a year. Whoa! Um, wow. but yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty heavy hefty uh, schedule. But so I go out to Utah from January until October. Oh, and damn. we write for the last. Three, two years in a row, we've written, we actually started writing remotely in November, and we then go to Utah in January, and then we have a writer, like a physical writer's room from January until March. Okay. And then we start filming from March until October. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. dang. Okay. Yeah. Do you do, uh, you know, rewriting or writing stuff, like, as you're filming as well to keep anything topical, or No, do you... so the, 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 they're not too worried about, like, topical stuff. If anything, they're always, like... Let keep it as evergreen as possible. Cool, yeah. Um, but but we do have like a, a punch up writing period that happens in between the filming of the two seasons. So they like flew the writers back out. Gotcha. And we did like a mini writers room for like two weeks where we just went through all the sketches that the showrunners and EPs picked for the next season. And then we did like a um, a pretty heavy like rewrite punch up session of those. Oh, right mm, on. Okay, yes. all right. Yeah, that's it's, an incredible schedule. That's a lot of. I like, know a lot of time. It is. Is it? Um, and when you're out in Utah, are you there full time? Are you coming back and forth? I mean, it's so difficult to come back and forth. I I I try whenever like like this past year they gave us like a five week period off, which was amazing. So I was able to come back to LA for a little bit, but um, for the most part, it's like. I'm out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Do they cover housing and stuff while you're there? Or? So I, I got a nice, like, moving stipend, but, and then I was able to find a, I love my apartment in LA, so I just, like, find a sublet every time. Oh, yeah. Okay. And my roommate is an angel who can truly put up with anyone. Um, and then I just, I just pay rent out there and hope oh, my sublet yeah. doesn't bail on me out yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's cool that you have a roommate that's like amenable to having yes. new people in. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's done though. So <laughs> <laughs> I think she's like, I'm done doing this. She's I'm like, like okay, Austin, cool. you better find a job out here. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm always curious about writers' rooms because I know that, you know, they can be different. Like, like, is it one of those things where it's just like everybody's like, 
pitching out ideas or is it more like like subdued yeah like are people screaming for attention in this writer's room <laughs> or is it like more uh you know uh, uh, uh effective <laughs> um, I, I i will say like every year has been different because we have had a different showrunner every single year gotcha mm. um but this this past year was uh a, a very efficient they um they th this was the first year i think that they were like hey if you're an actor on the show and you don't want to write you don't have to write and so oh, wow. i think i think yes. that released a lot of um Whoa. a lot of tension of just like of just people who are incredible performers who are like were really like just pulling their eyes out writing and like mm -hmm. not to say that their sketches weren't great because they were but I, I i totally understand it's they're two completely different beasts and like mm -hmm. if you want to just be a performer i'm sure those writing periods were just hell on earth oh yeah um but and then they, that's when they hired like kyle and they and they brought a mic full time and like we had a really great room of writers and so t it was mondays we would come in and you had to have a um you came in with like th three to five sketch pitches um, and, and you just essentially had to have like the game, the premise. And then like I, I'm an overachiever. So I like would also have like my game beats ready to go. Mm -hmm. I was like I was I was always overly on top of it, <laughs> constantly terrified that I'm going to let the people around me down. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> no, Austin. I know. I know. I know. Um, uh, and then and then that day they're like, great, uh, Katie, we, we, we want to go with this sketch and this sketch. And you're like, awesome, great. And then you go write them on Tuesday. And then you have all day to uh, you have the rest of the day Monday to write those two sketches. And then all day Tuesday. And we were in these like pods. So uh, as a pod, you also came in with two group write sketches and they would be oh. like, great. And now you're also going to do these group write sketches. So between half half Monday, all day Tuesday, you had to do your two sketches and then two group writes, which like w was a lot, but it was also like so much fun. And I feel like the best sketches come from that point of like brain exhaustion where you're like, we have an hour to fart this out. Let's just do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then those always ended up being the ones that got made because you're not overthinking it yeah yeah you're just uh, getting to the simplest thing yes 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 and then wednesday you get notes thursdays you do rewrites and then friday there's a table read got it oh okay yeah and then cool. and then they did have a great system where like we we all got to like vote on which ones we liked the most that didn't necessarily mean that those were the ones going in but they did want to just like feel out like okay wh wh how how do people are how, how are they feeling about certain sketches and like yeah I feel like every season towards the end, it the voting maybe gets a little more political because people are like, "Well, this person has a lot of sketches in." And yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. But at the yeah. beginning, it's like it's like that was so funny. It's like <laughs> five, 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 and then like towards the end, I was uh, I was it wasn't it wasn't meant to be political but like towards the end of the writing period i'm just like ones or fives ones or fives like yeah. do i want to do this or do i not well, i was just actually talking to somebody about this because the pack like they do this thing they keep a metric how many sketches did you get in to your show oh, team's I, show I wait what that. yeah you, yeah oh. you don't know this oh they, well, maybe you don't do it to you guys because uh, you were pre-sketch team yeah we were grandfathered in it was great we <laughs> never we house team yeah, yeah it's like we weren't <laughs> we, we didn't have to we didn't we had no the theater had zero no oversight. oversight on us. Wow. Yeah. But we also had a thing where because there were so few of us, there were six of us, yeah. five, six of us uh, at a time that it was like a, everybody who wrote something got it in because 
we just after especially after we got that hour slot where we were like oh <gasps> no everybody has to write like two sketches an or an hour yeah. of sketch oh yeah oh we yeah just, Fembot yeah, had Fembot. an hour-long show we had graduated mm-hmm. so we had an hour show oh my god but they would keep track of yeah, keep track. yeah so oh yeah so the pack keeps track i was talking to somebody about this literally yesterday there was always i think in the back of people's minds yes. like i haven't gotten a sketch in yet yes. like i am uh-huh. gonna get it like i'm gonna be cut because i haven't gotten a sketch in the show yet okay so this reminds me so i'm about to bring up another sports analogy but i i recently so when the last dance came out i like became obsessed with it have you guys seen this it's the documentary series on michael jordan oh no but i've heard about it okay it is amazing and so during i like during the pandemic i became obsessed with the last dance i've seen it three times (laughs) i became obsessed with the head coach phil jackson i've read all of his books awesome but he talks a lot and also i love have you read the inner game of tennis i know a couple improv teachers like recommend it it's 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 all about like um but but all all this to say that like I feel like there's a lot of um, sports analogies that like lead into performance base, which is like that you have to like relax into the game. You have to at a certain point, like trust your body to know what to do next. Like, and I feel like the moment that you start panicking on stage or even Mm -hmm. like writing where you're like, Oh, I haven't got anything in. Like, I'm. Am I a bad writer? I. This sketch has to be good. You know, yeah. like this performance has to be good. I bombed that last sketch. That's like when you really start to panic and like, and, and you're no longer playing in your right mind. Mm-hmm. It, in the inner game of tennis, the the author talks about how you have like the self one and self two in your brain, and self one is the one who's constantly critiquing and being like, he uses tennis as the as the example, but really you can interchange anything. You know, he he's like. Oh, that backhand, you got a stiffer wrist. And like the moment that you start trying to like correct self too, you're only getting yourself in more trouble. Mm. And I felt that a lot with improv where like on the back line, suddenly you're like, that was a bad game move. Okay, I got to make sure that this next game move, I call it out more clear or like whatever it is, you start getting in your own head and you start trying to like coach yourself. Mm -hmm. And the reality is like you've been doing this for years. You know what to do. Just like Mm -hmm. take a deep breath and trust that your body can do it. And that's what people ultimately loved about Michael Jordan essentially is that like he was able to constantly be in the moment and he was always just playing like moment by moment by moment he was never thinking three steps ahead yeah which i think we all have a tendency to do mm-hmm. yeah um and phil jackson is just like the best head coach that has ever existed in the nba where he practiced mindfulness with his team all the time and he talked about how like other coaches that would constantly you know have that like war soldier talk before a game of like we're gonna get out there we're gonna kill him we're gonna you know tear him to shreds and he's like and for him he was like i would force meditation on them he was like we would all sit in a circle and we'd all hold hands and we would meditate for 10 minutes before games and he's like i was just trying to practice that mindfulness and i think i i I think there's a lot of overlap between comedy or just like performance in general Mm -hmm. and sports especially when like egos get involved you know what i mean Yeah. yeah Oh. A lot of sport. I do. I do feel that there's a lot yeah. of overlap between yes. like the way we talk about sports and the way we talk about performance. Because I was never. Were you athletes? 
I was on the seventh grade girls volleyball team. I was uh, 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 once on the junior varsity <laughs> basketball team in the fifth nice. grade. I was the second worst player. <laughs> and I discovered that sports are not my thing. Yes. Yeah, similar experience. And yes, and so I'm like, I'm an extremely competitive person, but I oh. never like found the sport that fit me. Mm. And I honestly think that's why I loved UCB so much. Because it's competitive. It's yeah. so competitive. Yeah. Yes. And like, I, I understand why people love the pack because it seemed a lot, le- it was more community-based it felt like yeah. yeah but man something about i'm i'm just very competitive in nature and then ucb mm. has that it's like you get great you know what i mean you're like you get approval yes. from your teachers you get graded yes. you get moved on like yeah no uh. oh hey let's um let's get into our shift gears a little bit yeah five questions yeah we're getting to the okay that point. so we do this segment where we ask every guest who joins us uh the same five questions amazing uh, and we call it these are five things Okay, first question. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest influence in comedy? Like currently, my biggest influence? Yeah, like overall, or growing you, up. Or... Growing up, whatever you think, like. Okay, so so, so growing up, I, I have a very specific memory of like, um, I got very into SNL. This was like my high school SNL phase, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I got very into um, every Saturday night, I would watch the SNL rerun on VH1. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then, and so I grew up, I, I feel like I grew up with two generations of Saturday Night Live where mm. that one, I think it had like, that one was like Rachel Dratch, Jimmy Fallon, Horatio Sands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I would watch The Soup. <laughs> Yes. With Joel McHale. Joel McHale. Yeah. And I was obsessed with the soup. And like, I, I was like still trying to make comedy for the male gaze, essentially. Right. Do you know oh, what I mean? sure. Yeah. Because yeah. like all of my guy friends in high school were watching the soup in Tosh.0. Oh, and yeah. like, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be like, you know, talk to them about it. And, and just all that toxic right you're like toxic yeah. male comedian stuff yeah i want to be like i want to be like cool one of the guys and yes. also them think that i'm this special girl who's not only very cute but also very funny and into the same thing yes yes oh i feel yes. that <laughs> I, I specifically remember a time where one of them was like i don't think women are funny Ooh. and i was like and I, yes and i remember being like yeah meaning because you don't know what you're saying you're just yeah like, you're just like i just want to be accepted so, exactly yeah. i'm so frustrated with it. I think about this all the time. And then he was like, but not you. You're fine. And, and oh. immediately that's like the start of like pitting women against each other mm-hmm. and being like, well, there's only one funny woman mm-hmm. and like only one woman is allowed to sit at the table. And like there's and in only the moment you're one. like, you know, as an immature high school, you're you're honored to be that one woman. And yep. like, mm-hmm. You're like, oh, thank you. It's me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, really. That's but, like the, yes. the move of the, it's not like he's a conscious member of the patriarchy. He's just no, a kid. Right. Like, yes. He, he's, he's also just like reiterating what he has he heard. heard. Yeah, yes. exactly. Tosh point oh say. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel yeah, women, Tosh constantly talked about how women weren't funny. Oh, oh constantly. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah. went, and I saw his stand up show and I'm like, I remember sitting in the audience being like, are, do I agree with this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Anyway, so the soup. <laughs> <laughs> the soup, Joel McHale. <laughs> Joel McHale, the soup. Um, and then right when that would end, so that would be from 10 to 10.30 because I grew up on Central Time and then 10.30 SNL would start. Mm-hmm. Um, the the new episode, whatever that might be. And so that that group was like Kristen Wiig had just joined. Andy Samberg was on. 
Um, oh boy. Who oh, else? this is so funny because that's your high school SNL. Yeah. Yes. And what you described previous to that was, was your my high school, high school yes, SNL. Yeah. 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 Same thing. <laughs> it was like, you'd come into like, like school the next and then you'd be like doing the like. The Spartan the cheerleaders. cheerleaders. Yeah, oh, see, see, yeah, yeah. We were coming in doing the like. Gilly. And then the. And then, and then like the Penelope. Uh-huh. And then, like yes. the surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that's Stefan, right? Yes. yes Stefan. 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 Oh, yes. Well, we just recently had. Had Will Forte on Studio C, which is what? amazing. Oh he my is god, the nicest person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like truly, uh, just an absolute. It was a masterclass to watch him. First of all, because like he took a sketch that like our showrunner was like iffy about, and truly made it as well as all the other sketches. Just like elevated them to like an insane level of like comedy genius yeah yeah where I, I remember just watching him on the monitor backstage and being and like seeing where he would go low and then and how that would get a laugh and like how he took notes and it was truly and also the nicest person he hung around for like three hours after the show and we all there was a taco truck and we just like he just talked to everyone and he learned everyone's names and he handed out his contact information oh <laughs> my gosh i know he was like the nicest person in the that's world that's amazing um so that was like a nice like little full circle for me so um, that's cool so snl definitely a big influence on yes, you and uh, yes and oh, the soup for better or worse for better or worse <laughs> yes and then i remember in elementary school before snl um, really being into like Who's Line and like yeah. and America's Funny Home Videos. I would watch yes. those two back to back and yeah. just being like, I enjoy this. <laughs> hey. Crazy. Worst experience in comedy, best experience in comedy. You can go either order. Okay. Well, I think I, I actually, I think they're kind of combined. Is that strange? No. no. So I, I think I thought it was my worst experience in comedy where I, I, I thought it was like a dead end for me. So, I mean, just talking about UCB and how obsessed with like getting into the system and like yeah. being one of the performers. I remember I just finished my mess hall, my mess hall season and the, our mess hall season was going into Herald auditions. Oh, And I remember just like being, I, I like, I knew I was going to get on Herald. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was like, this is my year. I've done it. Like, I remember my coaches were like, like, like kind of giving me like a wink and a nod on the side, being like, "You're gonna, you're, yeah. you're fine, you're gonna do it, you're gonna make it." And I remember I bombed the audition. Ugh. I got in my head, you know, <sighs> I did whatever. I let self one take over, and I just like freaked out. I got in my head, and they kept bringing me back to callbacks, and in the callbacks I would bomb, and I was like, and I remember my final callback. It was like fine. I like didn't, I didn't crush, but I also didn't like do anyway. And I remember I didn't get on, and I was like, this is the end. Oh, gosh. Do you know what I mean? It's so silly because it's like, it was was a team that wasn't actually going to get me a job anywhere. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. It was just, I would just get to perform. More exposure, yeah. And Mm -hmm. be like the popular girl at the Mm -hmm. theater now, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, oh, that's Austin. She's on a Herald team. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The girl that I was doing, you talking about other people being like, oh my gosh, do you know this person? She's so funny. You should mm-hmm. have seen her on Herald night the other night, whatever. And like, I really, I was, that was like a real low point for me, which is so silly. But that's why I think it was my best experience because, because I didn't get that. I ended up pushing really hard for my job at Studio C where like I... I, I don't think I would have gone as hard to make my sketch show what it was and to, like, put all that time and effort into producing a show every month. And because of that, I got the job. And I think they were only, like, 
five, about like four months apart from like not getting Harold and getting Studio C. And I remember almost getting Studio C and being like, if I had gotten Harold night, I don't, I think I would have turned this down. Right. Which is insane. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I got to be on Harold night. But I'm on Harold night. I'm not going to be able to do Harold if I do this. And it's like, I'm not going to be able to do this unpaid free improv for 60 people max. Yes. Once a week. Yes. Or this film paid paid sketch comedy show that is being broadcast yes and that i now have in room experience mm-hmm. on right. stage experience like yeah absolutely working with bill forte also yes. in front of you know uh, essentially a hundred uh, at least a hundred thousand people yes. per sketch it, it's it it was crazy yeah yeah but, but yeah it, like that i think that it was a, cul- a culmination of my best and worst that's a great best worst um yeah i really like that yeah, yeah. but now we want you to hype up a friend maybe somebody <laughs> oh. you'd like to see on this uh, yes. for us to interview um one of my absolute best friends uh, do you know who angela giratana is no oh, she's an incredible character actor she's she's booking like crazy right now but she was on characters welcome uh she does musical improv she's she's um on star kid which i don't know if you know what that is it, it's it, they're the ones who did the harry potter musical a very popular oh. yes and and so they continue to put out musicals for like the new generation of of weird theater kids coming up <laughs> yes um no but she's absolutely amazing awesome. um um i'd also recommend uh my friend megan rico who is um, <laughs> literally everything just dumped out of my hand like, oh, Rico, i gotta write this down <laughs> um no but megan megan is a new york based comedian so okay. i don't know if I we'll would... get her on zoom yeah but no but she's she's amazing she's an incredible um actor and writer she was on the show she's one of the new cast members from the show but um she's currently doing this like sci-fi um radio play and it's very funny but yeah she's an incredible comedian too oh that's awesome i'm sort of obsessed with like non or with fiction podcasts and how they're taking on the format of like old radio shows yeah did you ever see that um improv show where they turn off the lights and they, they only oh. talk into microphones, and it's like, man, I saw it at DCM. I don't remember. I think Will Hines was on it, but I, I just oh. remember being like, improv can be anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Will Hines is one of the few of the old guard when I'm yes. like, you can stay. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you, you sit. You stay. You stay. You stay. You stay exactly where you are, sir. You ten, go. <laughs> um, all right. What's something that you haven't had an opportunity to do yet that you're looking forward to doing? Oh, um, I think think i really want to get into more um like character work not in a sketch setting like more like what um like natalie palomitas does yeah like and and just just being more confident and going into those situations as like a single character performer yeah you do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah is that what it's called just like character performer i mean she does like character one woman one man shows have you done clowning um, so I, one of my first classes I ever took was a clowning class in Chicago at Second City. Oh. So during my like college tour where I was like, okay, what city do I want to live in? I like, I moved to Chicago for a summer and I like took some Second City classes. And was, I was it, like, was it with like Jet Eveleth? Uh, Cause I know she came from Second City. No, uh-huh. it was, um, it was with Dean Evans. Dean Evans. It's uh, such oh. a funny clown. I, I think he actually moved out to Los Angeles. Oh, cool. But, um. They all do. I know. <laughs> I know, right? And that was the biggest reason because i was like asking around i was like so what are you going to do now and they're like i'm going to move to la and i'm like 
noted. You were like, okay, so even if I move to Chicago, everyone here eventually moves to LA. So just let's cut out the middleman. Exactly. That's a little bit. I started doing comedy in the Bay Area and I really, I was like starting to get it really into it. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And then everybody in the Bay Area was like, well, I have to move to LA because yes. I'm successful here now. And I was like, oh, I'm basically from LA, so I'm just going to move home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh oh, did you hear Katie moved home? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And it's like, Katie's, Katie's back giving up on her me. Bay dreams. Um, <laughs> give up on the Bay, you guys, at least until tech does. Uh, All right. Uh, final question. Do you have any advice for any new comedians or comedians who are in the throes of it? Oh, okay. New comedians, just you just got to jump in. Just jump in. I, well, okay. Actually, the, the, this is advice for, for all comedians. I, I think you have to have – I come from, like, a very religious background. And, like, something that I learned from there is just having this, like, this kind of, like, faith in in something. And, like – and I think, especially in this industry, you have to enter it with this – unquestionable faith in yourself that you are going to succeed and I think the moment that you let doubt seep in the same way that like if you're in a religion like yes you can like have your moments of question and doubt and whatever but like at at the end of the day your core has to say no I'm going to make it I'm going to make it I'm going to be whatever my version of success is I'm going to be in a room I'm going to sell show I'm going to be on Herald Night (laughs) but but you you I, I just think that is so important because I think if you're walking around, even with just like that little bit of doubt that, oh, no, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably I'm doing pretty well at my day job or like, oh, I'll probably go back into this or maybe I'll move back home. Like you will do that. You just like you will. It will grow. And and I think you just I a book I love is called It's All in Your Head by Russ and he's this um he's this rapper who who has just like made a s- successful career for himself um and he his book is it's a really easy read but in it he just that's all he talks about he's just like you have to almost be delusional he's like you should be walking around with this delusional faith in yourself that you are going to do it you're the one yeah and i think that's so important and especially as women i think that's so important because i yeah. think I think if I had half the confidence as, like, the white men around me, <laughs> I, uh, like, I'll read their stuff and they're so confident about it. And then I'm reading it and I'm like, this is, my, my stuff is better. Why am I walking around being like, oh, you know, it's a second draft. I'm still working on it, whatever, you know. But, Don't yeah. judge it too hard. Yes, yeah. yes. But I, I really think women in particular need to hear, like, you you have it. Yeah. It's in you. Just, yeah. just you have to believe in it. I love it. Yeah. Great advice. Very Thanks. excellent advice. And it's true. It's, it it's, I think we get like caught up in this idea that we have to be realistic, right? And, be, no. and also like recognize that like, oh, things might not work out and be like, oh, but the... We only, we're going to die, y'all. Yes. Yeah. Like we're going to yes. die at some point. Who the fuck cares about being rational? Yeah. Well, and, and I love the story of Jim Carrey's father. Have you have you heard that? Yes. Yeah, it's How, so like oh, okay. It, say, say yeah, it. tell it. Tell yeah, it's it. a great well, story. It's it's essentially and chime in if I'm wrong, but it, it's essentially that like his father wanted to be a comedian himself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he didn't feel like it was an actual viable career, so he went into accounting, where he 
hated it. Yeah, or, he was or he just was, like, miserable. Fired. And then he lost his job. Yes. He was laid off and he was like in his 40s when Jim Carrey was still like a kid. Yes. And he remembers one, his dad just being miserable and hating his job and mm-hmm. then losing that job. Yeah, and, and so it wasn't like, even worth it. Yes. And he was like, oh, well, if, if my dad could lose a job that he hated, why not at least try for the job that I love? And maybe I lose it. Mm-hmm. But at least I'm doing the job I love for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it's it's it, that story. I think when I heard that, that was one of the reasons that I was like working in, in tech in the Bay Area. And I was just like fucking miserable. Yes. And that hearing that story made me go, yeah, Kitty, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you you move back home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's fine. Like that's that's like not that bad. Yeah. What's what's worse that or like literally hating your life every day that you wake up because yes. you hate what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like um that like very subtle hatred towards your life is so much more poisonous than just mm-hmm. like ju- just jumping into the discomfort you're super nice. rad austin you super amazing what thank you no you're super stoked for you like i think you have a very bright future ahead of you you're very kind and a very like obviously you're very passionate about this and you're very talented so we're yeah. very happy to have you on and well, thank you guys so much yeah. for having me i literally have been looking forward to this forever oh my gosh no me too i like i'm like oh i get to have austin on my podcast (laughs) that was like a thought that i had (laughs) i was like oh i have a podcast that features women in comedy now i can make austin hang out with me (laughs) i mean it just feels so full circle because like you were one of the first people i mean you were probably the first person i met in the comedy scene in la yeah so to now yes so now come back together at like this like maybe quarter point in our careers yeah mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have nice. to keep checking in i know i'm just being like how's it going yeah, how's yes. it going for you well um, you can check out austin's stuff um all on instagram as well as a uh, um uh studio c you can catch that on on youtube mm-hmm. uh wherever you youtube <laughs> <laughs> wherever, wherever YouTube. you watch your youtube channel <laughs> <laughs> on your phone on your laptop yeah. um <laughs> um but thank you again for coming on this was very great thank you guys yeah. thanks so much cool having austin on for our last episode of the year oh my god last episode of the year yes and we're starting off in january uh our new we're calling it season four and it's going to be our 50th anniversary i'm very excited for who our first guest is going to be um i'm not going to give anything away 50th episode oh wait did i say 50th anniversary Anniversary. i mean it's nikki and i have been together for 50 years Doing podcasts before they were podcasts. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, 50, 50th episode, which 50th is nuts. Episode. I, wanted to, I do want to say 50th episode includes all of the episodes that Nikki did solo back in 2013. Yes, which wasn't a lot. Look, it was eight, But eight, they eight, are great. They're still pretty great. They I are great. Say. So if you haven't listened to them yet, go back and listen. Yeah. Nikki got to talk to Rachel Bloom, Jessica Coley. Um, Heather Ann Campbell. Heather Ann Campbell. Freaking Mary Holland. Mary Holland. M. Halls. M. Halls. M. Halls. Oh, I'm Halls. not on the M. Halls name basis with oh her, God. but <laughs> I've, I've never called her that. Like, <laughs> literally never called her that. Um, but you, like, this show has uh, seen some really pretty fantastic guests. So yeah. if you are 
feel so inclined over the winter break while we are off um, before we come back for our episode number 50. Please take a look at those other episodes. There's yeah. some really good stuff in there. And of course, leave us a review and not just the not just the stars, although we love we love getting stars. We, we love getting that five star. It's helpful. It is helpful. Um, but we really love those written reviews. Um, feel free to be honest about, you know, about what you think we could potentially work on and you know or what you really like or what you really like yeah Yeah. Um, we really like you regardless of if you do that um we're gonna announce what our new raffle is uh in january uh but in the meantime any reviews that you leave for us will put you in the running for the upcoming raffle yeah uh and that next episode will drop january 12th so we're taking about a month off yeah and we appreciate you for understanding (laughs) yes thank you we got some big changes too to the to the network we're renaming feel free to send us a message uh dm us or uh send us an email if you'd like at comedy comedy at gmail.com with any suggestions you have for our network's name change from period podcast network to whatever uh works best whatever fits us best um, yeah we're open to suggestions yes and we've also got a fundraiser that's going to mm-hmm. be happening in february um so that'll be really exciting we're gonna have you know we'll probably have some comedy performances uh from us we're gonna ha- uh from our side we'll have uh some cool uh uh i don't know just some cool performances i don't want to give too much away i know right it's gonna be great they're like take a look at what the shows on the network are and i'm sure you can start to imagine what kind of performances oh, yeah. we'll have on our um it will be maybe sexy <laughs> pretty sexy funny pretty cool sexy, funny cool <laughs> wait crazy, crazy sexy, sexy cool. cool yes it's gonna be crazy <laughs> sexy cool <laughs> Uh, so anyways uh kate and all of our listeners it's been an amazing year with you oh my uh, god big thanks to all of our guests this year and we're really stoked yeah huge thanks to every guest we've had this year you really made this um i mean this is like i think the first year we really fucking went yeah. hard on this podcast and it was awesome well thank you kate for thank that you nikki uh, and thank you listeners hey keep crushing it <laughs> Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mazel, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hunter, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter. Period.